Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Jake Bakoven. Things are back to normal here after a week of uh, nice tournament action down there at Pinnacle Bank Arena for high school. Uh, we crowned all the champs, and we're ready to get back into the ticket water cooler. And we have Nate Britton, of course, here as usual. But he is uh, not quite as usual. He's pumped up because he, he, went, he went back home. And while he did so, the Hoagies won the ACC tournament, stamping their spot into the big dance here. Uh, maybe, But more importantly, just for the uh, – who knows what's going to happen with the tournament. But, but beating Duke, ACC oh, champions, awesome. uh, it took a buzzer beater to beat Clemson to begin the whole tournament. What a ride that was. To be back in Blacksburg, I'm, I'm happy for you. It was awesome. And I, I couldn't have picked a better week. And the couple that got married, the wedding that I went to – they couldn't have picked a better day to get married because now everyone's going to remember that wedding is the best wedding ever because Virginia Tech <laughs> won the ACC tournament for the first time in school history, the lowest seed to ever win the ACC tournament. I don't care if it's a down year for the ACC. Duke is a two seed in the tournament. Everyone hates Duke. That was the best part about it, too, is I had so many people left and right, people that don't even care about Virginia Tech, people that don't even care about the ACC, texting me congratulations because everyone hates Duke that much. That's right. And it was great. And Coach K's last year – he loses last game home to UNC, <laughs> and then Virginia Tech literally blows them out, wins by 15. Yeah. I mean, towards the end of the game, Bonchero was getting dunked on. I mean, it was awesome. But it was, I mean, the greatest day of my life was probably, greatest memory was the day I was born. That was a good one. But this you is don't probably that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're supposed <laughs> to say that about a child. You don't have to say the day you were born. The day I was, was born. was one of the best moments of your life. You don't remember but that. But this is probably a close second. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is That's probably if you have a kid, Nate. You don't probably, have to say that. It was probably a close second. No, honestly, like it was. I mean, I showed you the video. People were literally partying oh, yeah. in the streets. Like cops had to shut down Main Street because there's just like a thousand people in the street. Somehow they got a couch to Main Street. I don't know who it was. Yeah. But the kids got arrested before they could light it on fire. That's too so. bad. The goal is always to burn a couch. Yeah, exactly. So those cops, <laughs> come on, let the kids have some fun. I wasn't a part of this. But a little, a little bit, a little bit of. I I was. I saw bad. like the initial riot, and I was like, okay, back to the bar to celebrate with the people. But it was insane. And if it wasn't spring break for Virginia Tech students, it probably would have been even crazier. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, there was like a 1,000 students, and they weren't even there because they were on spring break. It was absolutely incredible, and I just – Did it take away it from awesome. the wedding at all? Was it the wedding on the, any specific – on the championship? Well, date? it was funny because at first it was, it was super cold, which was very out of character because it was mid-60s on Friday – and then it snowed Saturday morning. It was in like 40 degrees. Hmm. So that's Virginia weather, just flip-flops like that, which is really odd. Um, so it was pretty cold. So people started to trickle out. But then you had some people that were still drinking, having fun. 
And then I ended up somehow getting the game on the TV. And then everyone's just huddled around the TV and everyone's just going crazy. <laughs> nice. And then once we started to realize that Virginia Tech was going to win, we all started taking shots. It was the Hokey Bird showed up. That was a good omen. Like the Hokey Bird showed up at the to wedding. the wedding? The Hokey Bird was at the Why? wedding. Why? So that was awesome. Why wasn't it's he? Just, it's just what we do at Virginia Why Tech. Why wasn't he at the tournament? Why wasn't <laughs> I don't he? know. That's very strange. The Hokey Bird was at the wedding, so I'm just freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a sign. Was this a huge a sign wedding? God. Was this like everybody? was there i mean it was a pretty town? big wedding i mean it was and you got to think the bride and the groom both went to virginia tech come from virginia tech family so basically everyone there was a virginia tech do family. they know the mascot the the guy playing the mascot probably i'm assuming i guess so yeah. i have no idea but it was awesome so we that were all freaking awesome. out i was hugging the hokey bird it was great but it's just one of those things i was telling you too that this is something that might never happen again in my lifetime that's oh, yeah. why i keep i've been walking around every i've Everyone I see, I'm saying, hey, who won the ACC championship? Because it's crazy. It's crazy. It blows my mind that Virginia Tech, as a seven seed, historically not known for basketball, never won the ACC tournament before, goes in and not only beats Duke, but kind of embarrasses them. Yeah. And like, regardless of whether it can happen again, it will never happen again in Coach K's final season, his final ACC tournament. Oh, which game. made it that much even better. Oh, I bet it does. Oh, it was great. But again, it, it, in my lifetime, it's probably more likely than not that they will never win a tournament <laughs> again. It's just not gonna, they're just not a basketball you school. You don't believe in much momentum coming well, out I mean, of this? Well, I mean, they showed the, the lineup of Virginia Tech. So, Virginia Tech, their starters were three three-stars and two guys that weren't even ranked. Mm. Duke starters were four five-stars oh, yeah, and one four-star. I mean, their talent is just crazy, and that comes down to coaching. That comes down to culture. Obviously, Virginia Tech has a few seniors that start too, but it was just – Everything came together. They embarrassed Duke, who was the heavy – Duke was favored by six points. I mean, everything came together, and I just couldn't be happier, man. Like, that was that was so cool. And to be in Blacksburg when it happened, to watch the riot after the game, which didn't get us out of control as it could have. Because yeah. the cops were there the cops not letting up. us burn the couch, which – Boo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, at the time it was like, boo, come on, man. But then yeah. the bag, okay, maybe we was should the be Was the hokey bird burning. out there with a the match? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe we close. shouldn't be burning couches in the middle of Main Street. But <laughs> I understood the sentiment. But it was – I'm just – I'm riding high, man. I'm so exhausted just from this weekend, but I just – Adrenaline, pure adrenaline is just that keeping couch me going. burning thing. That's uh, like that's very popular, especially like West Virginia, right? I mean, where that is okay. that where it originated? Don't compare basically? us to no, West no, Virginia. Just, well, but I'm it was sorry. funny because everyone on Twitter was saying, "Don't do this. We're not West Virginia." A right? Bunch of people in the older demographic, like 40, 50 year olds, like act like you've been there before. And us, like, mid-20-year-olds, like, we've never been here before. Like, <laughs> let us have our fun. Yeah. People are just chanting, burn the couch, and then a few <laughs> people get arrested. It's, it's fine. Again, we were riding high. Emotions were hot. Yeah. It was, oh, it was just awesome. That is, that's very awesome and very cool. Of course, we're going to talk all week about the NCAA tournament. Um, this is the the Ticket Water Cooler. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Nate Brennan. Uh, as we uh, continue to, to kind of go through this, it was an exciting tournament uh, over the weekend as well in the Big Ten. Iowa yeah. came out uh, and got the win. I know a lot of Nebraska fans aren't too happy about that probably, um, but it does, again, I always go back and look at Iowa as a program for Nebraska. I mean, they run the same same style of offense, so 
that's a obviously a transition. They just are able to do it at a much higher clip right now. Yeah. Um, but I always look at Iowa as a program that's never been great. They, but I mean, these last couple of years now, they're going to have a you know first team All American. Um, so you know that's that's the easy kind of way to say, well, that's why they're so good. And and, and it obviously plays a big factor. But you know, but whether it's Garza or now Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's especially Murray. I mean, he's not an, an all American coming in. He had like one other offer. So uh, I'm not insane. saying there's not a whole lot of luck that goes to it. I, I just think that I was a good comparison just geographically, especially in the big 10 of what Nebraska can do. And uh, for them to get through the big 10 tournament and win it all. Um, they've only done that three times in their history. I think it was the first time since like 2006 or something. Um, it was kind of cool um, to watch, I guess from the outsider perspective, but, but frustrating for Husker fans is that, you know, you don't want to see Iowa uh, right. get hot. But between Virginia Tech and Iowa now, I think those are two of the hottest teams in the country. Um, both of them have somewhat tough draws, as you would expect. I like. I thought the NCAA tournament uh, committee did a good job this year. Usually, there's a there's one. You know, whether it's the West or the East, whatever regional um, that you go, I think that one's a little weak. You know, mm-hmm. Duke or whoever's got an easy easy way right. to the Final Four. I don't necessarily feel like there's a, a, a particularly absolutely loaded. Um, region or uh, uh, one that doesn't have a whole lot to it. Uh, I think I think they did a pretty good job, and it might just be the parity throughout the sport, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's enough teams to go around. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I as, as I look first look at the bracket, how do you kind of feel um, about the that unveiling, and as well for your for your Hokies and where they're seated at eleven? I think honestly, at first I wanted an eight or nine seed, just because obviously you want the highest seed you can get. But now looking back, I mean, you have the eleven seed. You're playing Texas. They'll smoke Texas. I promise you they'll win by double digits. I'm going to knock on wood because, of course, I'll probably jinx that. But then, presumably, Purdue will beat Yale in the second round. And then you're looking at a Purdue team that more often than not chokes in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, you have to then play Kentucky, which is a two seed, and that's kind of when it gets down to the nitty-gritty once you get to the Sweet 16. But if you're Virginia Tech, this is probably best-case scenario because as the 11 seed, obviously you're going to have to play a better team to, to start out with. But along with probably Iowa, maybe Texas A&M, you are the hottest team in college basketball. There's no reason that you shouldn't be able to beat Texas. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to beat Purdue. I mean, you just went and beat Duke by 15. You beat UNC by 18 or whatever it was. I mean, you're, you've are you proven that you can beat any team in the country. But looking at the tournament as a whole, I think the South is probably the most loaded. I mean, the fact that Arizona's the one, Villanova's the two, which, honestly, I think those are interchangeable. You could put either one at one or the two. But then your three is Tennessee, who I was talking to you off here, I think is one of the best teams in the country. Oh, yeah. I think they, they got kind of robbed as a three seed, to be honest. With it won the SEC tournament. Exactly. And then you have Illinois at the four, Houston, who made the Final Four last year at the five. That is an absolutely loaded region. So I think that's probably going to be the most difficult. But like you said, I think the parity in college basketball, more than in years past, I don't know if I can say there's the best team in the country. Like last yeah. year, I think it was either Gonzaga or Baylor. You could make an argument for either of those two teams. Those were the two teams that were going to be there at the end. Those are the two teams that were there at the end. This year, I have no idea. Like I genuinely, if you ask me right now, who are you taking to win the tournament? I wouldn't be able to tell you. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, I've, I I've, I've filled out a bracket quickly, but not all too seriously. Um, so I, I'll have to do that as we go on throughout the week. Of course, you got to get them in pretty early these days, especially uh, if you're going to take one of the, the play-in game yeah. teams to go far, and some of them do, is that they're they're playing already tomorrow. So the NCAA yeah. tournament gets going. Uh, you don't have too much time to sit around and, and do your research. So maybe we could kind of try to do that, help you do that throughout the week as well. Um, I do love the Midwest Regional, obviously. Location, uh, location, location. That's one that has a lot of teams 
teams that are interested uh, of interest, I should say, here in Nebraska. Kansas, the one seed, they'll play the winner of the 8-9 game, San Diego State and Creighton. And Creighton, for what it's worth, went on a bit of a run themselves. They to the Big smoked East tournament. Providence. They yeah. embarrassed them. And then had a, had a bit of a scoring difficulty against Villanova, right. but still, um, that'll be interesting. And and like we said, no team's really overwhelming, so I definitely expect a you know an eight nine team to beat a one team this year in that second round or third round, whatever they call it in the NCAA tournament now. Um, and then you know further down there, you do have uh, Providence as the four seed. They'll take on the winner of Iowa and Richmond. We were talking about Iowa, one of the hottest teams right mm-hmm. now. Um, and then you know further down in that bracket, Wisconsin's the three seed. Of course, Chucky Hepburn of imp- of, of of interest for Nebraska fans, you still have to wonder if that that true point guard um, type of way that he plays, and then of course you know right. helped making that bank shot that helped them win the the Co Big Ten championship there. Um, what he could have meant if they did get his signature to come to Nebraska, but in any case, he's off with the three seed Wisconsin, uh, two seed Auburn uh, in that region as well. Nebraska knows quite well what uh, what Auburn can do if they get hot. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I just love every region. They look they look pretty loaded um, and, and ready to roll. Are you? Ex- I, I guess the one critique that you could have is that there is a pretty good possibility that Gonzaga will make the Elite Eight without having faced a Power 5 type of team. Um, they'll at least make the Sweet 16 if they win. Um, they have to play the winner of Boise State and Memphis. Any problem with that? Or, I mean, those teams have proven to be good enough that you don't... It's just kind of odd. I'd like to see Gonzaga, who plays in their way conference, Absolutely. have to pave their way uh, to the championship. Uh, and that was the first region that was was announced. So I, I thought that was a little bit odd. Um, but for what it's worth, the four and five seed Connecticut and Arkansas, you know, they kind of fit into that power teams. six. Those are good teams. Yeah. And, and Boise State and Memphis, nothing to take away from them either. I would have just liked them to see you know, power five competition because that's what we argue against them all year long. Absolutely. I mean, especially when you look at the other eight or nine, you have North Carolina and Marquette. Two Power Five teams: Seton Hall, TCU, another Power Five team; San Diego State, Creighton, Creighton, a Power Five team. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a possibility that you could have made that the matchup, but obviously, the Ken Palm net rankings, all of that goes into the decision making. But I think Arkansas is probably going to be the biggest threat for them in that region. Maybe Texas Tech. Obviously, I'm not too impressed with Duke after they're showing in the ACC championship, but I, I would say that's probably the easiest bracket, which is kind of frustrating, right? Because, like you said. Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure they are the number one overall seed in the tournament, but I mean, when you play a cookie cutter schedule, I mean, it's the same thing that I, it's the same frustration that I have with the SEC in football is that it kind of, (laughs) it's kind of the opposite though, that Gonzaga, you load up on your non-conference schedule, which I understand, but at the end of the day, other than St. Mary's, who else are you playing? I mean, right. it's, it's basically like just they're a warm expected up for, to win by twenty every other every team single game, yeah. and it, which is kind of frustrating because then it's a pretty easy warm up going to the NCAA tournament. But then on the other hand, you could say the teams that are playing the SEC, Big Twelve, ACC, Big Ten, you're about as warmed up for. I mean, Iowa is a perfect example. Like you said, Iowa's probably the most tournament ready team out of anyone. Yeah. You played in the Big Ten tournament as the five seed, so you're playing against the absolute best teams in the Big Ten to get to the Big Ten championship, let alone win it. And you have Keegan Murray. I'm going to ask you this, though, which I didn't even realize until today when I looked it up. Keegan Murray was a three-star. How how does Iowa keep doing this? I don't understand, and that has to be the blueprint for Nebraska, like you right. said, because, look, you're not going to be getting five-stars every year. Obviously, this year you did with Bryce McGowan's, but – 
that's just not the name of the game for Nebraska. So uh, is it player development? Is it coaching? Is it just finding these diamonds in the rough getting lucky? I just don't understand. I feel like I was the perfect example. They do it in football, too. They just get these three stars yeah. that end up being, like, first-round NFL draft picks. Well, and, and again, I, I keep going back to this quote because I think it, it – it fits in very well especially with what tim miles did here at nebraska and then what you know some of the players i suppose that that have been here so far in a hoiberg is fran mccaffrey said in or, or the the broadcaster said in the nebraska iowa game is he was talking to fran mccaffrey about how he gets all his players to pass so well you notice like these guys this is a well oiled machine right. these guys can pass and he says i don't teach them anything i recruit passers like I you know it so Nebraska's kind of fallen in love over the years of getting a six seven athlete that should grow into a basketball player well I was I wouldn't Creighton have both done this as well too is just recruit has, yeah, yeah recruit shooters recruit basketball recruit guys with the skill set that you don't need to teach that they can you know help all together they might not have the ceiling of the six seven athlete that is learning basketball mm -hmm. but they can get you know get it going quickly and they can play together as games. a team yeah, yeah. yeah so uh i think that that's something they need to do um strict probably uh, strict was was pointing out and, and you know the numbers will play it out is that nebraska really needs a rebounder next year in my mind, it you know, and, and, and they already got the class that they have, but you know, there's always some turnover, and we'll kind of mm -hmm. see what happens the next couple of weeks when guys make their decisions. But it's it's maybe it's not go get a, a six, you know, and it's nothing gets at Warder Andre. Maybe it's not go get a six ten guy that's learning how to play basketball that has a good upside. Maybe it's go find a rebounder, a guy that you know that regardless is going to go in and right. rebound. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's kind of, uh, something Nebraska needs to look forward, you know, moving forward. There's also, I mean, quite a bit of questions, especially with this tournament about what Nebraska could have done had they retained their, their group of guys. And I'm going to talk to Strick about this too, but you know, they, Teddy Allen's, uh, let led New Mexico State. They're in the they're in this tournament, you know. And Delano yeah. Banton obviously playing well for Toronto. Just kind of thought, you know, with with Bryce McGowan's and and having to do a lot of it, um, you know, kind of ba the offense based around him. The recruiting structure was set up so that Teddy Allen, you know, if you were able to keep him around, I know some people say, well, they were better off without him, but it's hard to argue they're much better off without him, considering the record. If you could have kept Alana Banton and Teddy Allen and had Bryce McGowan's, how would yeah. you know that's all? How much of a difference does that, that yeah, make? Yeah, that's all yeah. part of the plan, I suppose. When you recruited these guys, mm -hmm. was maybe that not that they'd all stick around for too long, um, but you know that was part of the idea in year three. And so I think a big part of why it hasn't worked out is just retaining those big time players. And, you know, that can go back even to, you know, Cam Mack for whatever reason it is in, in year one. And people will say, well, yeah, Cam Mack wasn't that good, though. I mean, they've done better, you know, since then at point guard. And that might be true. But that was what year one was about was like to find a few guys that would be able to 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 sit and give you an opportunity in the in the following season to have somewhat of a core built together and they, mm -hmm. they weren't able to do that and they reset the next mm -hmm. year. Now, you know, hopefully you're not resetting in year four. We'll see if they can keep some of these guys around, but it, it you know, it it's, that's part of the frustration, obviously with the whole, whole Hoiberg discussion that we've been having for the last several months is yeah, there, there's some pieces on this team that you like this past year, but is it translating into next year? Is this going to be something that you can build upon? And uh, we're still not sure. So we'll kind of figure that out as it goes along. We'll continue to talk about this this bracket and, and maybe mm -hmm. kind of give our ideas of what the Big Ten, uh, what they're looking at here. Um, as, of course, everybody's got their, their different draws. We kind of went through Iowa there. Um, but, yeah, well, let's dive into that, kind of give our ideas sure. about who's got the best idea, our best draw in the Big Ten or who we have the most confidence in because the Big Ten – 
for what it's worth, had nine teams selected in the NCAA sure tournament. The most. More than anybody else. Yeah, yeah the, the second most was only six from other uh, conferences. At the same time, I'm just not too – it's hard to pick a Final yeah. Four team out of the group. So we'll talk about that next here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket.